This is The Guardian. Today, Gaza, anti-Semitism and the return of a political troublemaker. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Labour wanted this by-election to be fought on local issues, cost of living, NHS, sorting out Rochdale Town Centre. And yet events thousands of miles away in the Middle East have absolutely dominated this contest. On February 29th, one town in Greater Manchester will be voting in its new MP. It's a seat that the Labour Party might have comfortably expected to win had its position on Palestine not thrown the race into total disarray. While I understand calls for a ceasefire at this stage, I do not believe that it is the correct position now. Firstly, to do with Keir Starmer's remarks, his refusal to back an immediate ceasefire, and then, of course, with the arrival of George Galloway, who has just decided that he's going to try and win the Labour vote in the Muslim community and give Labour yet another bloody nose. The political agitator George Galloway has been a thorn in Labour's side ever since he was ejected from the party more than 20 years ago. Both of those issues were embodied in Labour's candidate, Azhar Ali, who spent the first five days of his campaign answering questions about Gaza and saying that while he personally was for an immediate ceasefire, you know, he understood Starmer's position, etc, etc, who then became embroiled in an anti-Semitism controversy when his leaked remarks made their way into the mail on Sunday. They deliberately took the security off, they allowed the massacre, and here's a massacre of 1,200 innocent people, right? They allowed that massacre and that that gives them the uh, green light to do whatever they bloody want. Suddenly, the row over Azza Ali's remarks has eclipsed local issues and catapulted the Rochdale race onto the front pages, plunging Labour into yet another crisis over anti-Semitism within its party. Well, those comments uh, were appalling, uh, and that is why we took decisive action. It is virtually unprecedented to withdraw support for a candidate in the way that I withdrew support for this candidate yesterday. That's what a changed Labour Party is all about. From The Guardian, I'm Nosheen Iqbal. Today in Focus, what the hell is happening in Rochdale? Helen Pitt, you're The Guardian's North of England editor, and you were reporting in Rochdale last week ahead of what was expected back then in, you know, the distant past of a week ago to be a crucial and sensitive by-election for Labour. It's now imploded. What just happened? 
Well, Labour has ditched its by-election candidate, Azhar Ali, two and a half weeks before the people of Rochdale go to the polls. It's pretty much unprecedented. So they've said that although his name will be on the ballot next to Labour's red rose symbol and the Labour Party name, they won't be campaigning for him. They won't be canvassing for him. And if he wins on the 29th of February, he will not be allowed to sit as a Labour MP and will be sort of cast to the the backbenches as an independent. So what exactly was Azhar Ali exposed for? What has he said? So the Mail on Sunday published leaked remarks that he had made um, at a local Labour Party meeting in Lancashire shortly after the 7th of October attacks in Israel. And he said that Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister, had deliberately allowed citizens to be massacred in order to give it the green light for military action to invade Gaza. So Azhar Ali immediately withdrew those comments and he said that he apologised unreservedly to the Jewish community and he said his remarks were deeply offensive, ignorant and false. And then, you know, you had Labour standing by their candidate. There was Lisa Nandy out campaigning with him. And on Sunday, Louise Elman, a, a prominent former Jewish Labour MP, spoke out in support of him to say that Ali was an ally of the Jewish community. But then on Monday night, they found out that the Mail on Sunday had unearthed yet more damaging remarks in which he suggested that people in the media from certain Jewish quarters had led to the suspension of left-wing Middlesbrough MP Andy MacDonald. The media and some of the people in the media from certain Jewish quarters were given about what he said. Graham, you can't say this. Graham, you can't say this, but I'll say it. And that was just too much for the Labour Party. And they announced um, about half past seven on Monday night that enough was enough and that they were going to withdraw their support for him. Just when you thought that Labour's headache had subsided, a second candidate from East Lancashire was suspended, which makes you think, like, just what on earth is going on in that corner of Lancashire? And how on earth is Labour vetting its candidates? So there's a recording published by the Guido Fawkes website, which revealed that Graham Jones, who was the Labour MP for Hindburn in East Lancashire until 2019 and had been selected to try and win the seat back, made very derogatory remarks about Israel during a local Labour meeting. And at the same meeting that got Ali in trouble, he was apparently also heard claiming that Britons who travel to the Middle East to fight with the Israeli Defence Forces should be locked up. So Jones has apparently been suspended as of Tuesday evening, but goodness knows what's going to happen next. Helen, as we've mentioned, this was already a tricky by-election. Can you explain why? Initially, it didn't look like it was going to be a tricky by-election. It should have been a foregone conclusion that Labour would hold the seat. This by-election was called following the death of Tony Lloyd, who had been Labour's MP for Rochdale since 2017. We are all deeply saddened at the loss of of Tony. I spoke to him last Thursday when he left hospital for the last time to spend as much time as he could with his family and was able to pass on to him our thoughts, our respect, our affection for him, his commitment, his public service and, frankly, his sheer decency. Tony Lloyd had a majority of 9,668, so, you know, pretty safe. And we know that Labour nationally, according to all the polls, are on the ascendant. What made it difficult is when George Galloway... George Galloway, of course, former Labour MP who spent the last 15, 20 years been a sort of professional 
troll really to the Labour Party announced that he was going to stand for his Workers' Party of Britain. Labour have again brought disgrace to Rochdale as they have so many other times before. Their disastrous choice of candidate, their disastrous failure to immediately repudiate that candidate. And he thought that he had a really good chance because there's a, a high Muslim population in Rochdale and he thought he could capitalise on the anger towards Keir Starmer's position on Gaza, particularly in the Muslim community, and thought that he had a chance of yet another by-election win. So, Helen, at this point, what is Labour's position on Palestine and why is it so easy for George Galloway to come in and exploit that? The key thing about Labour's position on Israel and Gaza is that Keir Starmer has steadfastly refused to issue a call for an immediate ceasefire. Starmer's position has become more nuanced on this in recent days and he started talking about a sustainable ceasefire. But that either hasn't registered with many voters, certainly in Rochdale, or the damage is done. And people repeatedly in Rochdale, they refer back to the LBC interview that Starmer gave in the aftermath of the attacks when he said that Israel had a right to defend itself, including cutting off um, water and electricity supplies. Um, And that anger really remains. And for many people in Rochdale, particularly in the Muslim community, Gaza is their number one issue right now, an issue which comes above all others, the NHS, cost of living, All of those local issues, they pale in comparison to Gaza in many people's minds. And so where does George Galloway fit into all of that? George Galloway sort of senses blood and he thinks there is an opportunity for him once again to win a by-election. You'll probably remember in 2012, I certainly do, because I was there when he managed to confound the bookies and certainly expectations in the Labour Party and won big in Bradford West. And he did that there, as he's doing in Rochdale, by focusing laser focus on the Muslim community. Whether there are enough Muslims in Rochdale is questionable. Only 30% of the local population in Rochdale are Muslim. So if he wants to win, he's probably going to have to broaden his appeal somewhat. And whether they vote as a monolithic bloc as well is is quite another thing for him to contend with. Yeah, definitely. It's always dangerous to assume that any ethnic group votes as one. But having spent like three days in Rochdale in the past week, I'd say it is a fairly universal sentiment, this real anger at Labour. So on the one hand, a disgraced Azhar Ali, on the other, a very volatile candidate in George Galloway. Who else are the people of Rochdale left with when it comes to voting in an MP? So there will be 11 candidates on the ballot paper on the 29th of February, including Azhar Ali and also the Green Party candidate who recused himself from the race last week after, in his words, regrettable former social media posts that he had put up about Gaza and Muslims resurfaced. So there's basically no Green Party candidate. Uh, You've got the Lib Dems. Uh, Rochdale used to be a Lib Dem stronghold. They had an MP until 2010. They've still got a few councillors. You've got the Conservatives. And then you've got a hodgepodge of independents, including a guy I met um, in Rochdale on Tuesday who is standing for... He's independent, but he's he's the head of a, a group called Parents Against Grooming. And he's a sort of single issue candidate, really trying to capitalise on the grooming scandal. And of course, we can't forget Simon Danchuk, Disgraced Simon Dunshuk, as he's often uh, called. He was the Labour MP from 2010 to 2017 until the party suspended him after a series of 
sex scandals. A couple of minutes. This is a reaction to the front page of the Sun today, which makes a series of a series of allegations about the Labour MP at Simon Danchuk and allegations of inappropriate text exchanges with a 17-year-old girl who was seeking work in his office. Uh, Labour have said in the last couple of minutes, as you say, that they are suspending his membership. He's now standing as a candidate for the Reform Party, formerly the Brexit Party, which was co-founded by Nigel Farage. And it was really interesting talking to people around Rochdale. As soon as you mentioned the, the name Simon Dunshaw, most people kind of burst out laughing. So he's he's got pretty good name recognition, but probably not in the way that he would like. And yet, with everything that's happened in the past few days, even Simon Danshuk is able to claim the moral high ground. And he sees an opportunity for himself. He's saying, well, now it's really a choice between George Galloway, who will be a candidate for Gaza, and me, Simon Danshuk, who will be a candidate for Rochdale. Everything about this story seems like an absolute mess. And really, in Westminster circles, the story this week was supposed to be about the Kingswood and Wellingborough by-elections, you know, these once-safe Conservative seats in which the Tories were expected to be decimated. And yet the focus has completely shifted. What has a reaction to the Rochdale story looked like? So I think certainly in Westminster, there's a sense of glee. There's nothing more that Westminster loves than some sort of scandal. Rishi Sunak was doing a live Q&A session on GB News on Monday night when the news broke of Labour disowning Azhar Ali. And he was relishing it and saying, look, same old Labour, you can't trust them. You've seen what's happened, right? Keir Starmer has been running around for the last year trying to tell everybody, OK, the Labour Party's changed, right? Well, look what just happened in Rochdale a candidate saying the most vile, awful conspiracy theories, anti-Semitic. And then I think within Westminster circles, political journalists were very keen to say this is a massive blow for Keir Starmer. He's built his reputation, rebuilt the party on a kind of zero tolerance approach to anybody with even the whiff of anti-Semitism about them. You know, he acted too slowly. It took him 36 hours. I mean, I would argue that 36 hours is actually not a very long period of time. And at least he's now sort of shut down the debate to an extent and he's not going to be asked for the next two and a half weeks. Why did you allow that guy to stand in Rochdale? So Helen, all in all, this is a massive gift for Rishi Sunak and the Tories. Yeah, it's a welcome distraction for him um, in a week, which was expected to be a bit of a stinker for him. Of course, there's the other two by-elections on Thursday, which the Conservatives are widely expected to lose. So Labour have officially withdrawn their support for Azraeli even though Rochdale voters will still see his name next to Labour's Red Rose logo on the ballot papers, he'll still look like the Labour candidate when they go to vote. Helen, how has the rest of the Labour Party reacted? Head in hands. I mean, they are absolutely aghast at what has happened. You know, this should have been a fairly easy race for Labour. I spoke to one Labour source on Tuesday morning who said, you know, the timing is just terrible. Labour has spent thousands of pounds on a mail drop leaflets that will go to every single house in the Rochdale constituency. Uh, it was too late to stop those and they're going to start landing on doorsteps on Tuesday. It's just so embarrassing for them. And it's pretty unprecedented. I've not spoken to anybody who knows that this has happened before. They're in uncharted territory. They don't really know what to do now. There's a whole team of them in Rochdale who are going to be sort of working 
very, very long days for the next two and a half weeks. And they've been told, don't do a thing. Just disown him, maybe go home. Well, this is obviously a story about Rochdale and the specific politics playing out in that bit of the UK. But as you said, it's also a wider story here about Labour. I mean, this was their seat to lose. Starmer made it very clear that he has purged anti-Semitism from the party. But you can see why he's accused of inconsistency here, first by backing Ali and then by dumping him. Can you make a stab at explaining Keir Starmer's logic? The last thing in the world Labour wanted was the situation they found themselves in now, where it's so late that they have disowned their candidate and yet he's going to appear on the ballot paper as a Labour Party candidate. That's a complete disaster for them. So obviously Keir Starmer stood by Ali originally to avoid this scenario. And I guess initially he thought he could ride out the storm. And I guess they thought they could get through it. But then presumably when the mail went to them on Monday night with yet more of Ali's leaked remarks, they realised that it couldn't hold any longer and that the issue wasn't going to go away for them. Helen, how are people in Rochdale feeling about all of this? Yeah, mixed, I would say. I mean, I think what has happened over the past few days has really blown the race wide open. So I was there on Tuesday morning. First of all, I went to the Labour Party campaign headquarters on Oldham Road. The shutters were down. Nobody was there. And I was just quite interested to talk to the neighbours, really. I met a man called uh, Jamie Watson, who runs a computer shop that's right next to Labour HQ. Labour voter all of his life. He paid attention to what had been going on in the past 48 hours. And he said, you know what, I'm still going to vote Labour. I mean, it's too close to a, to a general election. It's going to be voted based on that. So, you know, uh, I mm-hmm. think probably Labour will win it. And who are you going to vote for? Uh, I'd probably vote for Labour, I would imagine. Right, yeah. it doesn't put you off that, that Labour has disowned its candidate? No, no, because I think at the end of the day, there's going to be a general election and I think I'd rather see a Labour... Um, government than a conservative government so irrespective of my feelings about the candidate and the uh, the you know the the comments of this candidate Mm. there's a bigger picture but then the guy in the shop next to him a guy called Shafiq Iqbal was sort of jubilant about George Galloway's chances he said he'd had a kiss from gorgeous George on uh, on the weekend (laughs) lucky him at a party event and um, I went over to his table he happened to be invited there as well and I said to George I just love you I love I love everything that you're doing for you know not only the Asian community the Muslim community but obviously this this massive support that you give to the Palestinian people and he said that he had mass support from the Muslim community and that the Muslim community were going to ensure that they got the vote out on 29th of February and you know Labour's usually amazing peerless actually at getting the vote out. They have armies of young people with cars that knock on doors right up to 10pm on polling day, offer people lifts to get to the polling station. That's not going to happen. So whoever wins in the by-election, it'll probably be whoever can get people to leave the house on what's probably going to be a rainy and cold February day. Coming up, how will Rochdale respond on election day? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. I'm Grace Den, and friends, I am back with some more helpings of comfort eating from The Guardian. I'm welcoming a host of fabulous guests, from David Bedil to Katie Price, and from Amol Rajan to Kathy Burke, and they'll be revealing the tastes they turn to when in need of solace and cheer. Comfort Eating returns on the 13th of February, with new episodes released every Tuesday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Helen, it just seems so tragic that a town like Rochdale, which is one of the most deprived in Britain, it has one of the highest child poverty rates in the UK, that it's now left with such a maligned set of candidates to represent it. What do you expect will happen come polling day on the 29th? Yeah, it's such a shame for Rochdale, isn't it? It's become synonymous with bad things. You might remember back in the noughties when Gordon Brown went there and he got caught on camera calling a local woman, that bigoted woman. And then, of course, you've had the grooming scandal. Just a couple of months ago, there was yet another damning report about how the local Labour Council had turned a blind eye, along with the Greater Manchester Police, and really failed vulnerable young white girls. I think what Rochdale needs is some stability and it needs a dedicated local MP who understands the issues at play, who isn't a one-issue candidate and who can help people in this very deprived town make their lives better for the future. And so is Azarali still in with a chance? Do you think we're likely to see a George Galloway victory? I mean, I think I think Azarali is in with a chance. Um, I spoke to somebody from the Liberal Democrats on Tuesday morning and I said, hey, up, you know, do you fancy your chances now? And they were like, no, we've got no chance. The labour machine is already so far in motion that it's like an unstoppable juggernaut and that every single household in Rochdale will have received this leaflet saying vote Labour, vote Azarali. And, you know, there's, for all that we might be obsessed with politics, many people aren't. You know, there's so much good stuff on Netflix now, right? You don't have to watch the six o'clock news. You don't have to listen to the Today programme in the morning. And many people are much happier paying not the blindest bit of attention to politics. 
So if they turn out at all, that will be the first question. And if they do, I mean, most people don't vote for a, an individual candidate. They vote for a party. So I think Labour will probably still pick up quite a few thousand votes just purely by them being Labour. Even though they'll have distanced themselves completely if, if he does win and say he's an independent. I think so. I think it is between Labour and George Galloway. I mean, the interesting thing with all of this is that there's no like natural inheritor to Labour's votes in this contest. Given the circumstances of Ali's departure and the remarks that he was making, which were certainly perceived to be anti-Jewish, like where does that vote go to? It doesn't necessarily go to George Galloway, does it? Does it go to the Dems? Does it go to the Conservatives? I mean, I really get the sense that people have had enough of the Conservatives and they look around them and they can't think of anything that's got better in the last 14 years. So I don't think they're going to pick up the votes. So I think if George Galloway, if his momentum carries on, if he can broaden his appeal beyond just the Muslim community and if he can get his vote out, then I think he is in with a serious chance. And I remember back in 2012, the first real sign that maybe, maybe, maybe Galloway was going to return to Parliament for his respect party was what happened to the bookies odds that just kept on getting slashed. And clearly more and more people were putting bets on Galloway to win. And a similar thing is happening in bookmakers. So since the news broke on Monday night that Labour was disowning its candidate, the bookmakers have slashed the odds on a George Galloway victory. Um, and they think that Labour is not necessarily a shoe-in in the by-election. Helen, finally, a lot of people will see this as an opportunity for Rishi Sunak, you know, for him to capitalise on Labour's weaknesses Maybe, maybe even call a spring election. What does the last week tell us, do you think, about how the general election itself might play out? Expect the unexpected. That just when you think you've got a handle on what's going to happen. You know, if you think just a couple of weeks ago, look how high Labour were flying in the polls. You'd think, of course they're going to win Rochdale. It's so boring that I'm not even going to pay any attention to it. And yet, and yet. So I think that the, the moral of this story is that the most unlikely events can take place and that you should never be so foolish to, to assume anything in our current politics. Helen, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. That was Helen Pidd, The Guardian's North of England editor. Do follow all her reporting from Rochdale and look out for a piece titled... Labour's self-sabotage leaves Rochdale by-election up for grabs. All at theguardian.com. That's all for today. I'm Nishin Iqbal and this episode was produced by Natalie Khatena and Hannah Moore. Sound design is by Solomon King. The executive producer was Huma Khalili. We're back again tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.